Good day, everyone. This is Keith with the pod once known as England is Burning. Uh, back with you with your Manchester United Women weekly review today. We have Mark back with the Manchester United Women's Supporters Club, otherwise known or once known also as the Barmy Army. I think they kind of still use that name in inner circles, <laughs> you know. Uh, but but yeah, so they 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 went legit and. Uh, switch their name uh, and so forth. You can catch one of the previous shows where, where uh, Mark talks about that. So Mark is back with us. Mark, uh, welcome back. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me. How are things? How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good. I good. mean, the last time we last time we talked was on another Monday and you had this long list of matches that you were going to attend. Yeah. And I know so- and most of everyone who's listening and watching knows that not all of those matches turned out well. Luckily, the one that we're going to talk about actually did turn out well. Yeah, no, it it started off well because we were talking on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, because Borussia Mm -hmm. Dortmund under-19s played. Right, right. You are a a Dortmund fan as well as a United fan, so you had a great interest in that, and it was a great game. It should have gone United's way, and I think we both know that. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know. That was fun. It was a good way to start the week off last week, and then... Yeah. I mean, it was a good game. I mean, it was a good game, uh, but it kind of got busted up by the ref. I'm sorry. Yeah, the ref I mean, I mean the, the, the bus, you know. you know, it was I mean, a little it's bit. Not as if, it's not as if we ever talk about refs on this podcast. Yeah, we don't. We, we never, never talk about the refs on this show never. and so forth. So, and all right. We, we, start and then we obviously got to Leicester on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then we don't, we're not going to talk about what happened yesterday. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that um, and so forth. So uh, some housekeeping items, y'all, before we get into this uh, and so forth. I said uh, that this is the pod once known as England is Burning. As a reminder, we are changing our name and we have a contest, a $100 Amazon gift card. Whoever comes up with our new name, please DM me at England is Burning or reply to the post that is in pinned into our account on Twitter and so forth to enter. We've had some very interesting entries so far, uh, all of them appropriate, which is good. That's a good start. <laughs> They're all appropriate uh, and so forth. But please, the deadline is um, basically 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday night. Uh, so hurry up and get those in uh, to be entered uh, and so forth because we need to kind of switch that name kind of quickly uh, and so forth. So along with that, another shout out to the Fall in Love with a Girl podcast, uh, you know, and I talked about them last week, continue to put out brilliant stuff about FC St. Pauli. Um, and and you know what, Mark, I talked about, they, they told me that we were slick. And then they turned around and the last two podcasts they had last week, they were slicker than us. So wow. do we need to then step up our game and become mm-hmm. slicker? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we can't we can't allow that. We gotta we gotta yeah. we gotta be slicker. Uh and so forth. Great podcast. If you are interested in, in a club that that really not like Barcelona, not those clubs who say they're more than a club. This is more than a club. So if you you have any interest in FC St. Pauli, please fell in love with the girls. Great podcast, English language, and so forth. Uh, great. One of the conversations they had, Mark, was kind of interesting. I thought was they were discussing whether or not promotion to the Bundesliga was a good good thing or not. Okay. Um, it's an interesting topic, uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, I'm and I imagine some fans have some split opinion on it. Uh, you know, on that. So catch that out. I mean, that was really excellent discussion, uh, and so forth, um, and so forth. And I think I had like a a third, um, uh, 
you know, a, a third uh, item, um, but I don't have it right now. So we're just going to jump right into it. So, uh, Mark, Leicester yeah. City yep. um, at LSV over the weekend um, and so forth. Turned out to be a 4-0 affair uh, in favor of Manchester United. Um, I have some complaints, uh, <laughs> but my complaint is technology-based because if anyone was watching on FA Player, that thing shut down like the first 10 minutes. So, And then it popped up. And, and I mean, Leicester City could have been rolling like Chelsea for the first 10 minutes, and and I would not have known, um, you know, and so forth. So that was a little bit difficult and so forth. But, hey, Mark, your overall thoughts, you know, uh, uh, you know, just overall in general uh, about United's women's performance uh, at home against Leicester, particularly after coming off some really kind of difficult and tough matches. Yeah. Um, overall, the performance on Saturday, I thought, was one of the best of the calendar year so far. I know, I know we're only just into March, so there's not that many games. But you're right, we've come off a, a run of uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, City and City. Um, um, Leicester was going to, you know, Leicester, I thought, would be a tough game. You know, they've got a new manager who has revitalised them. They've, they've been getting some good results, obviously. And then they played Chelsea in, in the FA Cup and they got a bit of a battering in that. So I thought going into it, as long as we win, I would have been happy. But I wanted the performance to show that we are that we've we are better than what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. And we definitely got that. Um I thought you know, I'll be honest, I thought Leicester were poor. They they're a poor team. And if it wasn't for how bad Birmingham are, I think Leicester would be in bigger trouble than they actually are. I think they're probably safe to stay up this year. Um, I think Birmingham will probably go down, even though Birmingham put on a a good show yesterday against Arsenal. But I I couldn't believe how poor Leicester were on Saturday. They they surprised me. And I've only watched them a couple of times against United. And um, yeah, they were poor, but we were very slick. We were aggressive and I thought our our players showed how good they can be. And that performance, like I said, was was great. So I I always ask myself this question when when I see scorelines like 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, even 3-0 is, was it that the team, in this case, Leicester City, were they just so poor as a result, because they're just a poor team, they're not very good. Uh, and so they get battered, you know, four to nil. Or did United play so well that it kind of forced them to play as badly as they did in the face of competition and United was just that much better? I think, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people who didn't see the first 10 minutes, obviously, because you've said of the, of the FA player, but United started quickly. They started on the mm-hmm. front foot and they kind of pushed Leicester back and I think within those first 10 maybe 15 minutes and obviously like I said most of them you would only seen the first like the 15th from the 15th minute onwards 10th minute onwards United were aggressive and mm-hmm. they played with that aggression the same aggression they kind of played with against City uh, last week in the F- in the week before in the FA Cup and I don't think Leicester ever got going I think they weren't I think they wanted to play slowly and build up slowly and United just didn't give them that chance to do so um so in answer to your question, I think it was the way United played. I think it knocked Leicester completely off their game plan. 
Yeah, and I think that was the, you know, that was by design because what we've seen in the last several weeks even, were, you know, and with some moderate minor changes given what, who the opponent was, you know, Mark Skinner's plan, you know, strategy is to go very quickly and go on the front foot quickly and to press very high up and cause problems in the back and so forth. Yeah. And one of Leicester City's difficulties is obviously their defense uh, in terms of, you know, one of the poorest teams, you know, in terms of defense in, in the league. So, um, you know, it makes you know, a boatload of sense and also falls right into Mark Skinner's game plan is just start quickly, start strong, go on the front foot, high press, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of chaos and so forth. And it looks like they did that, you know, for the majority of the game, but they started off with that. Uh, and usually that's one way of just taking, taking it right to a team that's maybe losing a little bit of confidence. They'd gotten some confidence back and then they got blasted, uh, unfortunately by Chelsea. And maybe that took them back a little bit. Yeah, look, I mean, we've I've talked on here for the last few few weeks and maybe months about seeing a natural progression with Mark mm-hmm. and the team. And actually right. now you're starting to see it. You're starting to see his message getting over. Um, and yeah, I think the, the team is fitting in. I think each player knows their roles now, where, where the best and where they're good at. Um, and we, we were aggressive. And I think under... Pre, in previous games, we've tried to have that aggression. We've not shown it uh, for a full game. We've shown it for a half here or a half there. On Saturday, we've we've started to to play, and I think you know you take away the cities, the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's. Your bread and butter, unfortunately, right now in in the league for United is beating the likes of Leicester, Reading, Tottenham, beating everyone else, and trying to get what you can from. City, Chelsea, Arsenal, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's the kind of the, where we are right now. We know what, who we can beat, and we should be beating. We need to get to now beating the other teams and and playing an aggressive style of football. And a lot of fans didn't want Mark at the beginning as the manager, uh, you know. And I still think a lot of fans don't want him as the manager. But I've seen more from this team under him than I think I might have seen under Casey. I think Casey was. Maybe coming a bit static sometimes with the way she played. She, she won't swap it around all the time. She would leave her substitutions late. Whereas recently, you and I have both commented on Marks making the right substitutions at the right time, and he's he's getting to know the team. He's getting to get to know the, the players. And I know it sounds silly that the league's you know the league's almost over in March, it's, and he's just getting used to the players. But it takes time to settle yeah. in, and it mm-hmm. takes time to get his message across. And I think. He's now finally getting that, and we're seeing a more consistent performance from all the players. Yeah, I know fans have a tendency to be rather impatient with with manager changes uh, and, and system changes, and you've seen that. Uh, I mean, I, I know Mark, you have seen that on both women's side and the men's side, yeah. where there's like a change in in, in sort of just technical philosophy and system, and and so and so it takes a while, depending on how complicated the system is, and yeah. and I think I really want to put a flag in the uh in regards to one specific player i want to talk about later and i think everyone knows who i want to talk about uh, in relation to this match but i think one particular player i kind of exemplifies the idea that it takes a while for someone for the players the manager everyone to get their system in you know in place it, it just doesn't happen like day one where you just 
you know, like FIFA or something or football manager where you just throw your tactic out there and it should work at day one uh, and so forth. I know in football manager, it doesn't, but, but my point is, is it happened that in video game world and things like that, it seems to happen very quickly. Fans expect it to happen very quickly and so forth. And it just doesn't. And, you know, and it, it, and I think it's silly. I know it's hard when you're impatient and you're expecting good performances from the team, particularly with a new manager and all this sort of stuff. And you expect this and this and this, you know, uh, and I understand that there's a lot of hope that goes in with a new manager, but the thing of it is it just takes a while. And I've seen so many examples and this is one of them. So many examples, a new manager comes in, no matter how good they are, and even the best ones, it takes a long time for that yeah. team to adjust to them. They adjust to the team and it gels and, and, and so forth. And, and now with the worst managers, hint, hint, um, the, you know, it seems to take longer, but, um, you know, and, and so you got to have a lot of skill set at, at building, a, you know, building a squad, getting connected with the squad and so forth, which we've talked about this before. Mark Skinner's done a fairly good job yeah. at mm-hmm. the personnel management aspect yeah. of this, which and really helps getting that system put in place. Yeah. And he's, you know, uh, you, you've got to remember he came in, he was announced two days before, yeah, before, exactly. our, first, before our first preseason game. So, um, yeah, we um, we've done well. It's taking its time to get the the, the league over. It's taking time, taking its time to get readjusted to living back in England. You know, he's mm-hmm. been living out yep. in the states for a few years. Um, so yeah, it's taking its time. He's taking his time to get used to the players, to get used to the club, get used to to the the league, being back in England, being all these things and. I think he's done a remarkable job, and I'm not saying that as a United. I'm not just saying that as United, but I'm saying that as, as you know, he's coming under COVID restrictions at the time, and now everything here in the UK is yeah. being released. And he, he mm-hmm. was very, you know, he had to isolate for five days before he, when he came in, or ten days, whatever it was. And he he was announced on the Thursday, and his first preseason game was on the Saturday. He had one training session, and it was remarkable what he did through through from there onwards, and he's built right. slowly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he's he's done remarkably well, um, and I think he's proved some people wrong. Some people will say, "Oh no, I, I always had faith in him." Um, but since <laughs> you always have that, <laughs> you know, you've always going to have that. And I think since right. December up to now, we've had some mm-hmm. very good performances, but right. different performances. And he's been his training methods are, are coming on now. And also, I, I will say this: I've, I've spoken to him, and he's a genuinely, genuinely very nice guy and he generally cares about the players as individuals but he also cares about the club and he's got his philosophy that he wants to put over mm-hmm. and as a united fan i'm excited to see what will happen next season and and further beyond and beyond that and further on Excellent. Um, so let's get to the lineup. You're in. You're in a lineup prediction league. Uh, and oh yeah. Okay. So you you've done well. You you were you you're way at the top of the table. Are you at the top of the table now? Yeah, it's off the table. All right. So let's look at let's look at the lineup here. So we had Mary Earps at goal. Yeah. Uh, you know, back line of uh, Blundell, Thorsatier, and Caldwell and Batier. Uh, midfield trio of Gronin. Uh, which the commentator kept mispronouncing the entire time, which was sort of annoying. Uh, Kitty Zellum and Ella Toon, and then the front three, um, Galton on the left, uh, Russo in the middle, and Martha Thomas to the right. So um, so how many did you get? 
I got nine. Nine. Okay, I thought you would have gotten ten. So my 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 standard. Yeah. High. No, I, I think <laughs> I missed. I missed. I put. Um, I put. Um, I, so I didn't have Martha Thomas starting. You I had to die. Yeah, I didn't I have that. Kirsty, I had Kirsty Hansen starting just for a bit of width and pace, and I didn't have Jackie. I had Vilda, which was controversial. Right. Yeah. Um, and that could have been uh, that. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I was kind of wondering about that in, in this particular match. But but let's talk about the players that were not even available. Uh, you know, Haley Ladd, still not available. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Lucy Staniforth, not available. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and of course, um, Millie Turner, not available yeah. uh, and so forth. So, um, you know, how much was that? How much of those three particularly Haley Ladd being missing with that. How much I of mean, a miss is that? Yeah, I mean Haley Ladd is, is is a huge miss. She is so important to the team. She breaks up play between you know the defense and midfield and she she's very good at that. She's a huge loss. I think the, the bright spark of what we saw on Saturday was during the warm-up, Millie Turner was taking part in the warm-up. It was non-contact. Mm-hmm. Right. She was just kicking a ball, and but she was taking full part in it, which was great to see. I'm not saying for, for one minute she's going to be back for next right, week. She's right. not. She's taking part in non-contact training, um, mm-hmm. so that was good to see. Um, but the, the the players we're missing is is huge. You know, Haley is a huge loss. Millie's a huge loss. Eve is a huge loss. Right. Got to mention her. <laughs> yeah, Zigna was out on Saturday as well. Right. Jade Moore, we've not seen yet play. Mm-hmm. Kirsty Smith wasn't playing. We've got huge players out who all make a difference. But the three you talk about, Hayley, Aoife and Millie, on a constant basis, yeah, they're, they're, they're huge misses. And each one of them is, in, is important in different ways. Millie is a calm player on the ball. Aoife will break the, you know, is a tough tackling centre-back. And Hayley, as I just said, she breaks up the play between the midfield and the defense, and she's a very important player. Yeah. Um, didn't seem to necessarily miss them at this game, uh, but yeah. uh, but in other games, the their their lack their them being missing has played a, I think a significant part, particularly Haley Ladd and Alfie Alfie Mannon, uh, yeah. particularly uh, in that middle in the that middle solid middle that you're trying to kind of have in the midfield because because Haley Ladd really helps to boss the midfield as they say. Yeah, right? she does. She does, and it's very you know when I you know when you look at United's midfield and we talked about this at the yeah. very first part of the season. How is Mark going to get you know mm-hmm. Vil, you know Vilda didn't start. Right. How is he going to get Vilda, Jackie, Haley, Zellum? How's he going to get all these players into potentially either a two or a three? And, you know, he's going to have to upset some players. And, you know, I think the way he's managed the squad this season is given players, uh, you know, a huge amount. You know, Zelly, I know, you know, Zelly's been so important for United this season. She's played every minute of, and she's played all the games. Hayley Ladd didn't start most of the games at the beginning of the season, but then she came in against the bigger teams and she showed how important she was. Obviously, Jackie's been injured a, a fair bit. So Jackie hasn't been really been playing. And she, I, I thought on Saturday she was head and shoulders along with other players on the pitch as being the best on there. Mm-hmm. So I think our midfield is, is a very um, tight and, and tough place to get. I didn't see the way we play, uh, but 
I mean, Hayley is, is a huge loss and, uh, the, you know, hopefully we have her back before the end of the season. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. So United dominated from the very start, as, as we mentioned, and I, I didn't see the first 10 minutes, but but from what I've seen statistically, they dominated the first 10 minutes. They dominated the entire first half. Yeah. Um, and so Martha Thomas scores in the 16th minute. Yeah. Um, you know, talk about the buildup of that one, of that goal leading the debt. Uh, very simply, it you know, it was intricate passing. Right. And it went out to owner, owner on the on the on her on the left and what I, I like about with Mark and, and we saw a little bit under Casey mm-hmm. so I'm not going to say it was all Mark who's done this we saw a little bit right. under Casey Honor and Hannah have, have been swapping sides so this might start mm-hmm. on the right and start and, or, and finish on the left and even up front you know the way when we saw the lineup, it was exactly like you said Martha Thomas was going to be out on the right and Leslie was going to be in the middle but actually, the front three That's of Lessie, ended up. yeah, Lessie, uh, Leah, and, and and Martha, they were all, the only you know they're all swapping positions, and it was great to see. But the build up to the goal was it was intricate. It was good passing out to Honor, and and she just got the put the the one thing that you and I have been saying on a constant basis is get the ball in the box. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the ball got into the box, and uh, guess what happened? Right. We scored. It, yeah. it was that simple. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that looked like the plan all along. It was just like, you know, get the ball in the box, put pressure on, on the, the, the center backs, get pressure on the goalkeeper and so forth, and, and you know, create your own luck, basically. Create yeah. your own luck by putting it in position to score, and that was the, that was the first goal. Um, you know, Leicester City didn't get a shot until the 26th. Um, they they and then for 12 minutes, they didn't get another shot. In between, Elisa Russo scores a header on the second for the second goal. Yeah. Uh, so for another situation where you know the ball's in the box, you take your opportunities, you go, you know, make your own luck, and she scores on a header. Header. Um, you know, again, this started with a Katie Zellum dead ball situation. Yeah. Um, as well, and we'll get to we'll get to Katie in a minute, uh, and so forth, and then Ella Toon pass, and then you know the header. Um, and so forth. So really good goal, but it was a good team goal. And, and that's another thing that we're seeing with, with United, that there's a lot of team goals, meaning that, you know, linkages of play, intricate passing, as you mentioned. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention also was about, you know, the overlaps and the underlaps that players are, are running uh, and so forth to cause, you know, a little bit of chaos, a little bit of confusion, uh, you know, particularly in the back of the, some of these, uh, some of these relatively slightly slower teams out there um you know no offense but yeah they're fast and they're you know and the overlaps and the underlaps and switching places and things like that you know causes some confusion with with both sides uh and so forth and you saw that a lot throughout this match and that's part of skinner's system is to do that um and so forth but really just a very comprehensively strong first half. And, and, you know, we've talked about like, you know, I, I we've been re- running on and on like, okay, when are we going to get, we got a good first half, got a good 45 plus minutes, you know, what's going to happen on the second half? Are we going to get the same and so forth? And I have to say for the most part, we pretty much got the same thing in the second half. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think most United fans, out there wants a comprehensive 90 minutes of, of dominance and and goal scoring and possession football. And I think 
this game we got that we got you know a, a good, good first half. You know we limited Leicester to two maybe two chances in the first half. Other than that, I think Mary could have put a chair down in the goal and just had a relax. Right. And then yeah. the second half came and we wanted we wanted the, the the same again. And actually we got it, but in in many ways a different way. We you know we we, we weren't gonna steamroller than the way we did in the first half we were going to play more possession football mm-hmm, and, right. and do outdo them that way because I, I sometimes think it's harder to to you know if we can keep the ball the team have to work twice as hard to to get it off us yep um and mm-hmm. again but we went in and we did, we were aggressive with the ball um and you can't ask for for, for much more than that no i mean you re- you really uh, i mean you really can't Asked for much more than that at all. So, um, a thing that I have never seen happen before, and I, and I'm I'm you know in comparison to you in terms of football watching, you know, um, you know, you may have seen this before, but I have not seen this where one player scores two goals in a match from corner kicks. Now we saw Katie Zellum do this, um, you know, in the previous match against City. Um, and then two times in a row, she does it in this match. Talk about that. I mean, you were there, you know, I I mean, I began to root for her to get a hat trick from corners and and the fans were too. I could tell every time she had a chance to get another corner, Yeah, they were like, (laughs) maybe she'll put in a third. I mean, I've never seen it before. I've never seen it two games in a row, let alone two. Right. Yeah. Neither have I. Um, it it was it was great. It was remarkable. We just wanted we didn't want any free kicks. We didn't. We just wanted corners from the right hand. So we just wanted right. corners. We didn't right. care anymore. Just give us. We, we didn't. Um, she's got look. I mean, I love Katie. I, I love the way she plays. Um, and I've been saying it for a few weeks. Her set pieces are really important to us mm-hmm. because she. she both of the goals were completely different, even though they both got the same outcome. One of the, the I think, the second goal, the ball which she, she took the ball, she took the ball higher and she swung it out further, and it whipped right. itself in. Whereas the the first one was a bit more as a free kick; it was direct. It was she knew where she wanted to get it, so she changed. Um, she changed her 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 way of taking them over the two two the two set pieces um but all of her set pieces on saturday they were all important they, they, they all put less they put lesser under pressure and uh she's the captain she's she was she's a, a really good player she's a united fan she knows what it, it means to play to to mean to play for united and i think on saturday i said jackie was outstanding You've got to put Zelly up there as well for for the way she's done it. She scored three goals in two games. Um, you can't ask for much more than that. So, so that leads me to a conversation uh, about this. Um, right. Okay. So, Katie Zellum, and we've talked about this several occasions, but I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive because I'm tr- having trouble after. I mean, as I was watching this play out and watching Katie Zellum play for the last, you know, two two months basically, 
and seen her performance improve and improve and improve as she's gotten used to the system that, you know, the manager is running. Um, But she's always from as long as I've been following this team, she's always gotten beef from fans. Yeah. And I want to run some stats by you. So she's third in the league uh, in key passes, for example. She is, let's see, um, hold up, third in the league in, in key passes with only uh, Aaron Cutbert and Fran Kirby ahead of her as far as key passes are concerned. Those are passes that lead to shots. All right. Yep. So, and in as far as shot creating actions, she is fourth in the league uh, with 57. Um, 3.81 shot creating actions per uh, 90 minutes, which is near the top of the league. Only Beth Mead at Arsenal, Aaron Cutberg, and Fran Kirby have more shot creating actions in the league this season than Katie Zellum. She has more shot creating actions right now than Lauren Hemp at Manchester City, for example. Uh, if you look at how she compares against other midfielders in the league, she is in the uh, let's see the 91st percentile of shot creating actions, as I mentioned, 94th percentile of all midfielders in passes attempted, 84th percentile in progressive passes, the 88th percentile against versus other midfielders in the league in clearances, and 90th percentile against other midfielders in the league in aerials one. What's the beef about? Why are why do fans complain about Katie Zellum? And is that going down since her 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 performances have improved. Why the run back? I, I, I think <clears throat> last season she didn't have her best season, mm-hmm. but that was a season ago. It's not right now. Right. Okay. Um, I think there's a lot of fans out there who who don't want Katie in the side because she's keeping either Jackie out, Wilder out, or Haley out, and. But, you know, we've said this before. Mark's got an impossible job to pick three midfielders. Right. But when Jackie, Jackie, as I said before, Jackie's not been fit most of the season. She's now back. So Vilda played. Or Haley played. Or, you know, we, we had a configuration. So Mark's got an impossible job. So a lot of fans want to see Vilda Boarisa. I get that. I want to see more of her. Mm-hmm. But you've got to weigh up when you play certain teams what's going to happen. You know, Hayley Ladd against Chelsea and Arsenal or City is a shoeing to start. Absolute shoeing. So then you've got to fit Jackie, Vilda, Katie into two positions. So you're going to upset one of them. So mm-hmm. what do you do? Do you play Vilda as a box to box? Do you play Jackie as your playmaker? Do you play Katie as your playmaker? So I think a lot of the beef is, is that there's a lot of people out there who want to see who want to see Vilda. There's a lot of people out there also who don't like Katie because I don't know that she doesn't do what other players do. She plays her game her way. Mm-hmm. Katie to me is one of the most important players in our team. And I'll say this now. 
I'm not. I'm going to sound like a Katie Zellum fanboy. I'm really not. I, <laughs> I, I think. I think Katie Zellum has been consistently mm-hmm. one of our best players. Not every player plays well each game. You know. No. Right. I. I. You know. You know. There was people in the crowd on Saturday who thought Tooney was rubbish. Now I didn't see that. I saw Tooney trying to do what she does all the time. However, they would. They They just didn't want Tooney to succeed for whatever reason so there's a lot of people out there who don't want katie to succeed but you look at katie consistently i think she's got four goals already this season i think she got five last season Mm -hmm. i think she's on probably if she can you know whip in a few more corners i think she's probably gonna you know get up there and probably beat her all-time goal scoring record she's she's important for us on set pieces but She's grown into her role as a leader. And right. So she is the captain of the team as well. Yeah. Right. Well, you, and I, the... you and I were saying for a while that mm-hmm. you need someone out there who's a leader. And Katie mm-hmm. just wasn't that player for a while. And now she is that player. She's now telling players where to mark. Mm-hmm. She's now telling mm-hmm. players where to stand. She's now grown into that role. And it seems weird that she's been captain now. This is her third season. It seems mm-hmm. weird that she's only just got the role. But you see some players who were like born to be captains, born to be that mm-hmm. play, you know, like a, a you know a Brian Robson and a Manu Vidic, a Gary Neville. These right, players right. We, 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 we could do it straight away. But then you had some like you know Eric Cantona who took his time to grow into the role as captain. Wayne Rooney the same. The same has happened to Katie Zellum. He's taken the time and she's now got the confidence. But she's playing. But she's playing with a confidence. And very early on in the season, I was, you know, you and I were talking about her role is now completely different. She's not that playmaker, box to box midfielder. She's playing as a defensive midfielder, and that took her time to get into it. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it we, on Saturday. I think she bossed the defensive part of that midfield. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I just think she's a Manchester girl. She's a Manchester United fan, and for her to to take all of it on, it, it, it's 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 massive, and the way she does it, and she plays with a smile on her face, and mm-hmm. I enjoy that aspect of it. I, I really mm-hmm. do. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm just really happy for her. And this is why I wanted to put a flag in how the in the sort of the team development and getting everyone getting used to the system uh, with a new manager, uh, because. I think you would probably name a number of players that had some difficulty in adjusting to the system at the start. And I think yeah. the whole team did. And then Katie Zellen was one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, Katie Zellen was coming back off of a disappointing, relatively disappointing season for her standards, probably from last season. And now going into this season with a new manager, new system, new roles and everything else. And also being the team captain at the same time. Um, and so that's just a lot to consider. Um, and so forth. And, and so, but we've seen that progression as the team has gotten used to the system, has gotten, you know, more comfortable with the system. They've gotten some success under the system as well. Uh, so there's confidence there. We've seen not, you know, we've seen her and I've, I have not seen in the last two months with Katie, she's seen, I, she's been the best that I've ever seen her in the last two months. Um, and, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm wondering where the ceiling might be for her, you know, um, moving forward. I, I mean, I, I don't know where, I, I mean, 
obviously everyone's going to say she's going to get called up for England in in the summer mm-hmm. for the Euros. I probably think she will be. I don't know whether mm-hmm. she, she'll start many games, mm-hmm. but I think she'll be there, especially in, in being at the Euros being in, in England. The first England game being at Old Trafford, the club she supports, the club she loves. Hopefully she'll get some minutes on on a game for, for that. Um, but if she, you know, for me, I've seen, you know, I talk again about the word progression. You've, she's just got better and better over the last few games. And people are now having to start to swallow their own words and go, actually, mm-hmm. she's better than we thought. And we understand why certain players aren't playing now because of mm-hmm. her. And right now, you can't drop Katie. You, you can't, you know, um, because of her set pieces, the way she's three and two, you can't ask for much more than that. So I, I just hope she just carries on this this form because she's always been capable of it, and now we're seeing it on a consistent basis. Yeah, definitely seeing it on a consistent basis and so forth. But going back to the, I mean, going to the going back to the match, I, I think that um, Leicester City played poorly. I think Manchester United played excellent. Um, you know, they played to their, you know, they played to their opponent, but not down to their opponent. Um, they yeah. showed their class. They showed that they are, you know, a top three or four side, um, in the league as they have been, um, yeah. and so forth for the majority of the season so far. Um, it was a comprehensive win. And I, I think at the end of the day, I know I messaged you after the match and, and I asked, did you see the nine, was this the 90 minute performance that people have been looking for from this squad, uh, and so forth and, you can tell you can tell the folks what your response was. Um, the result was important, but the performance was much more important for me. Right, the result. It, it, it was, you know, lesser a team as I said before. We should be beating on a consistent basis. You know, you, you take out the the FA Cup game at the end of last season. You know, we didn't have really a team. Most of our team had already left. You know, Tobin and Kristen had gone. Jackie had gone. We had a load of injuries and Leicester beat us in the cup. Um, but you take that cup game out of the equation, we've consistently beaten Leicester mm-hmm. every time we've played them. So we, we should have, you know, we should be beating a Leicester 4 0. I'll be honest, I think maybe flattered Leicester a little bit uh, because United mm-hmm. were, were very, very good. It was just that sometimes they went back to trying to score that perfect goal instead of just doing what they've been doing in in the last couple of games and on the game on Saturday. Uh, but, you know, as I said, the, re- the performance was, the result was good. It was what we needed, but we needed that performance after playing Chelsea, Arsenal, City and City. Um, so, yeah, I was, it was the performance I wanted to see more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and again, I mean, we had talked about this. I mean, is that United had a, had a easier road ahead uh, after getting through this this you know uh, run of of difficult and and tough to manage fixtures and so forth, and the with only Chelsea really uh, the other top three sides left yeah. um, to play against, and and depending on how the how the league table looks then, which is plenty of football to be played before then, um, you and Chelsea may not have much to play for, or, or they might. Who knows? Yeah. We won't know, uh, and so forth. But what is interesting, and I'm going to try a trick and see if it works um and i'm going to and i'm going to show 
And so here is the league table as it stands today, uh, as it stands right now. And so uh, what I want to point out here is is Tottenham, um, where they were third. Now they are fourth because guess what? They drew against Reading uh, and so forth. We knew this was probably going to happen, that at some point Tottenham was going to start dropping points uh, because if, if you have any chance at getting third, you have to win the games against teams you should be able to win against. And, and regardless of what you may think is whether or not Reading and Tottenham are probably equal to each other, um, but Tottenham drew. So as it stands right now, get that off there uh and so forth arsenal is ahead by eight points but they have three games played more than chelsea so chelsea kind of but i'd rather have the points on the board wouldn't you i'd rather have 37 points absolutely than than 29 with three uh games in hand that's a lot of games in hand and so forth but the key thing obviously is this one so um united and tottenham are tied on points with 28 um but here's the goal differential plus 17 versus plus eight and winning 4-0 uh, against Leicester certainly helps that goal differential uh, yeah. there. So right now, United, even though the Tottenham and United have the same record, same number of points, but right now United is in third um, going in. Still, Manchester City is still five points out with a team to leap over um, in order for that third, uh, third spot. Now, if you look at the odds, the odds will show that um, the odds are that um, you know, the betting odds and so forth are that City would get third. But right now, as you look at the points on the board, United is third um, and so forth. So thoughts about that? Yeah, look, I, I think you, you summed it up the way most football fans would. Mm-hmm. Points on the board first rather than games right. in hand because anything can happen with those games in hand. So you want to have the points. Look, City... City are a danger. City are a danger. I'm, I'm not going to... There's no mm-hmm. point lying about it. They are a danger. They're getting all their best players back. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they're still five points behind us. Mm-hmm. And we've got, as you just said, with the exception of Chelsea at the last game of the season, where everything will be decided by then or, or not, we've now got a run of games where we should pick up points every single game. Now... I'm saying points. I'm not saying wins. I'm saying points. Right. So I'm saying right. wins or draws. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but I also expect City to maybe drop a few points. I think Rob or Josh said it when we did the, the round table. Mm-hmm. City, you know, City played in the Conti Cup on, on Saturday. The 1 3 1. I didn't think it was, a, I thought, you know, both teams weren't great. I, I really didn't mm-hmm. think both teams were great. And I can see City slipping up. However, I'm not worried about Chelsea or Arsenal because they're going to fight it mm-hmm. out by themselves. Right, we're, in, right. we're in a battle with Tottenham and City, I think. That's mm-hmm. where we are. Um, but I, I can see City slipping up. I can see United maybe drawing games when they should be winning games and, and reverting back. H- however, I'm still confident we'll get third. Uh, I, 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 you know, I've been confident all season we'll be in the top four. I'm just now edging slightly more forward to third. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. Um, yeah, I, I think really, I mean, I think the the club's goals third. I think Mark Skinner's goals probably third. Um, most fans realistically looking at third is the best case scenario and so forth. So speaking of drawing, uh, so the next, next league match is this yeah. weekend. 
uh, yeah. away at Reading. Now, uh, I know on the forum we talked about game times, you know, TV times and game times. This is an 11.30 start time on a Saturday in, in yeah. your part of the world and 6.30 in mine um, and so forth. But how painful is it going to be to go to Reading on 11.30 by, for an 11.30 in the morning match? Well, I'm going to be like you, Keith. I'm going to be watching it on the telly because I'm not going. You're not going to that. Okay. Because United men play at 5.30 at Old Trafford and I can't get to physically can't do both. Right. It, it's a four-hour drive from where I am in Manchester to Reading. So if the game finishes at half one, which it would do, I would literally need to get in the car straight away and drive straight back to Manchester, not stop, hopefully not hit any traffic. It's impossible to do. Right. So right. I've taken the very tough decision that I won't be going. I'll be going to Old Trafford instead. Um, but my Deborah's going, my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, there's a coach going, it's departing at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, so they're all going down. Uh, it's it's tough. It's a rule. I want the FA to change. Mm-hmm. I know Josh spoke passionately about the half yes. past 11 kickoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, stupid, I think that's totally ridiculous. It, it's a stupid time. It is. Um, uh, I mean, look, if it was, if we were playing in Everton or a Villa, or even maybe a Leicester. Yeah, half 11, is he, it's all right. It's an hour and a half away. Birmingham, it's only an hour and a half. It's, it's fine. But Reading, it's a four-hour drive. And I know the TV companies, I know, I think it was Josh again who said it. It always seems to be United, Chelsea, and mm-hmm. Arsenal, and United. On. It's a stupid TV pick. It really is. Leave it at a Sunday at 2 o'clock. Don't do it at 11.30 on a Saturday. Because the crowd... I think the crowd might be low, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but 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 my wife, she's not looking for. She's got to get up at five, mm-hmm. whereas I can just, just pull the covers up over my head and <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, and be like, all right, I'm I'm missing I'm missing that coach, um, and so forth. I'm going to on another another game, so yeah, so you're gonna split you know split the family up. So so yeah. let's talk about Reading a little bit. Reading, as I mentioned, I just mentioned earlier, they drew against Tottenham. I did not watch that game. I'm, um, it sounds like that was could have been a pretty dire match um, and so forth. And speaking of dire, uh, Reading started the season in very dire form. I think it, they uh, it wasn't into their fifth match of the season against Aston Villa where they scored their first goal of the season. Um, they were giving up goals left and right. And then they went on a run of form where they went undefeated in the league for like eight games. Uh, where they won like six of them, was it six, five, seven of eight matches in the league and really jumped up the table really fast, winning, se- you know, winning seven out of eight, um, you know, and that ended, um, they had a 2-1 win at Everton uh, back uh, in February. But then since then, um, dropping 4-1 to one to Brighton, dropping 4-0 to Arsenal, and then drawing against Tottenham. So, what do you know about Reading? What what do you expect of, out of them? Because they seem a little little up and down. Yeah, obviously. I mean, we played them first game of the season, and you know we played well. We beat them at two 0 and even though many people should say it might have been you know a different scoreline if the referee would have seen if a ball crossed crossed the line. Yeah, or, that's true. Yes, there's um, that game. There's that game. Um, <laughs> that game. <laughs> Reading are Reading are always a tough team to beat. They are. They're, they're one of those teams that. Very much, I think they play in a mold like we've played in the last couple of weeks. Tough tackling, aggressive from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, but the form's been 
inconsistent this year. They've been up and down. They've won, a, won games, that, you know, as you said, they've drawn the last game against Tottenham. They, then they lost the last two. And they had eight goals conceded against them in those two games. So I'm, I'm expecting a tough game. I think it's going to be a very tight game. I don't think it's going to... Look, I would love it to be a, another 4-0 or 5-0 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be a, a tight game. Um, United win for me because we've got a, you know a tough period of games coming up. Um, so, yeah, a, a, a win. I, I'm, I'm happy with a win. Uh, any kind of win on Saturday and then... Uh, some, yeah, Saturday, and then we can, you know, come back and get ready for West Ham on the Wednesday. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, you have, like, the three games in a week scenario coming up. So this is the first of those of those matches. We'll probably speak before uh, before West Ham. But interesting things about Reading is that, you know, Reading is the third bottom in the league in creating scoring opportunities uh, behind uh, just ahead of Aston Villa and, of course, Birmingham. Um, and in terms of their – I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to get on a soapbox about um, – about, Birmingham um but you know but and so right now they're one of the they're also one of the poorest in the league they're the third poorest in the league in uh stopping opportunities scoring opportunities in the league uh just behind or ahead of Birmingham City and Leicester um so you know um they try to play you know and it's I think that's a that stat is a conglomeration obviously an aggregate of the entire season where they've had but obviously given their results they've had moments where they've been very defensively stout and you know difficult to break down we've seen them be very 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 difficult to break down but what I've seen from them is that when you break them down when a team breaks them down and you, they, you get a couple of one or two past them then that's it for them. They're done at that point and it could yeah. end up bad. Uh, that's what I've seen from them. And it's sort of like, you know, that's their game plan. They drop a couple, you know, stip a couple of goals in uh, against them and then it's game set and match. And I think that would probably be, you know, and I think we have a different United squad than face them the first match of the season, obviously, you know, and so two nil really flattered Reading the first game of the season. Uh, Two nil result this time would really flatter them, I think, even more, uh, and so forth. I mean, you know, but one of the interesting stats about Reading that is, you know, is interesting is in terms of converting their goal opportunities into actual goals, they are second best in the league. Hmm. They just think can't create them. Yeah. But when they do create them, they do a pretty good job. Only Arsenal is better in the league in converting scoring opportunities into actual goals. Um, and which is rather interesting united on that list is is fifth um you know which kind of also i think is kind of telling um for them as well but that's one interesting other stat for them um but yeah they just have difficulty creating chances they have difficulty stopping opportunities uh and let me see how they are in terms of their opponents against them as far as converge goal conversion and yeah they're fifth worst but not bad they're not bad uh, at stopping the goal chances uh, on their opponents, but they just give up too many too many opportunities uh, overall, and that's Reading and so forth. I mean, I'm I'm predicting. I, I I got a feeling this might be one of those other matches that Mary Earps gets to sit up a chair and, and 
watch most of the match, um, you know, and, and do something else besides, you know, worry about what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so I, mean, like, I hope for, I hope for Mary's sake, she does have one of those games because it means we're dominating the game. And yeah, exactly. You're dominating the game and, you know, and, and the only trip up, the only trip up Mark with that, with, with United is again, that ba- the back line concerns me, the back line concerns yeah. me. And, and we even saw even this weekend the the vulnerability up the middle. Yeah, you know, not having Haley Land up the middle, and then not having Millie and Afi in the middle, really, you know, could cause difficulties. But but typically, it'll cause difficulties against stronger teams. We've seen it with stronger teams really take advantage of that. Yeah. These weaker teams will try to take advantage of it. They're just not as good at it. But it could happen. That's the thing. Yeah, it absolutely. It but could. I still think, I I still think that um, you know um. I, I still think we're we're looking at another clean sheet here, yeah, um, and so forth. I'm thinking three nil. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll take you three nil. I I think it's going to be tighter than that. I think it's probably either going to be two nil or two one. Oh really? Okay. I think I think so. I really do. I, I'm I'm want a clean sheet. I want you know. I I think when you look at our our defense, we've got, in my opinion, I think we've got the two best fullbacks in the league. In Hannah Blundell and, and Anna, I will and, argue with you. You have one of the best in the league in Anna, but I, yeah. I argue about Blundell. But okay, I, I think Hannah she had a bad game against City in the cup. I think she did. Mm-hmm. I don't think many people would. You know, she gave she had a mistake and it cost us a goal. But consistently, if you take all those games out, I think Hannah Blundell yeah. and Anna have been the best two fullbacks in the league. And, and I know I'm going to say, you know, I'm sure if Josh spoke about Arsenal, he would say his two fullbacks have been the best in Rob. He will. And, right. and Kate would say the same about um, Demi Stokes and whoever else they've got playing when they're not. I don't think Kate will, but <laughs> um, so I, I think you know going into next season, I think what Mark needs to do, and and uh, I think he needs to bring in probably another central defender. I really do. Agreed. But, when Ether okay. and Millie play, I haven't got that worry. It's when they don't play, I think everyone has that worry. Right. Um, but right. I thought on Saturday, uh, M- Maria played well. She did. And I think Diane played well. Uh, and I think they're both, a threat, uh, they're both a threat for different reasons at set pieces. Yeah, um, exactly. I, and I think the one thing that probably is, is, the, is the, about them both is that they're not quick enough. I think that's Probably a criticism you could say about them is that if the ball goes over the top, McMillie is a a quicker player, so Millie can cover it quicker. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously Diane's a bit older than the others. So, you know, as you get older, you do slow down. That's only a a human natural thing. Um, And Maria, you've been worried about for, for most of the season. So hopefully Mark will bring in some cover or... You know, maybe bringing someone better, depending on where we finish. It, you, the transfers for next season will depend where we finish this season. So right now we're all looking exactly. at yes. we're looking at Champions League. So maybe the club are looking at players to bring in for the for the Champions mm-hmm. League. However, right. we've also got to look at players for if we finish in fourth. Right. The defense will. The, I think defense of any team is always the worry, especially when you've conceded goals sometimes like we have. Mm-hmm. Um. And when we had Millie and Ether in, and I feel really so bad to say this because I think Diana and Maria have done well recently. When we've had uh, Millie and Ether in, we've not looked like we concede. 
we've got that calmness that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, I think the defence will take care of itself. Um, whereas under Casey, you and I both said, Casey started out with the defence and she worked from right. the front. Right. I think Mark works differently. Works it differently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mark is like all out, you know, not all out, but I mean, he's more focused on, um, not that this is, a, I'm not criticizing him for this, but his, his philosophy is the polar opposite, you know, is, you know, the best defense is a strong offense, really, you know, you know, attack, possess, you know, score as many as possible um, and so forth and everything, let everything else sort itself out later and so forth. All right. So we're both predicting a United win this weekend against Reading. You think it's going to be a little bit more tighter. I I think, you know, I think United is going to try to continue to roll here. I think Reading, we're, we're seeing the true Reading now um, and so forth. Um, so, yeah, uh, but we're both predicting three points there. And basically, I mean, what it boils down to, you know, a United win, you know, win out or get, as you mentioned, win points and get more, obviously more wins than draws here, then they're going to get third, you know. Yeah. Because there's nothing else. I mean, you know, and so I think the philosophy is everyone has always said, it's very cliche, but don't worry about the opponents right now. Meaning yeah. don't worry about the teams chasing you. You are ahead. And so for hopefully they won't get the get that stress of feeling like we're, we're the, you know, we're setting pace, but just focus on getting the points and everything else will sort yeah. itself out. And, and, and after, right? you know, after we've, you know, after we've played Reading and we've played West Ham, the, you know, we've got a free weekend. We don't right, play again right. until the 27th, which is then the biggest game in for the club because it's being right. played at Old Trafford in front right. of what And that brings its own another set of issues um, there, um, potentially, right? Absolutely. So get your Reading game out of the way, get your West, get your West Ham out, out, out of the way, way. Yeah. and then get all your preparation ready for the Old Trafford game because you right. beat Everton, you know, you're playing Reading who are mid-table team. You're playing West Ham who are Mid-table-ish. Ish. Everton who are they're, way below... near the bottom. Yeah, way below where they should be. So, right. Which is of concern. Yeah. That always is, worries me. Yeah. These clubs sitting near the bottom like that. You yeah. Know? So, and you, so you, you, you're right. Take each game at a time, but, you know, we've just beaten Leicester comprehensively. Keep, you know, you don't need much of a team talk. It's just do what you did on Saturday, but do it again. Right. And then do it again. Do it again. All right. Thank you so much, Mark. Um, You know, there's always so much more that we can talk about, but I wanted, I really wanted to dig deep into this whole Katie's Allen thing because I just think that I I just, as I tweeted out on, on, um, on Saturday, it's just utterly ridiculous to me, the, um, the, the criticism at this point, but, um, and I think it was somewhat ridiculous to begin with. Yeah, it is. You know, I I get every person has an opinion about how a team should play and who should play. I get all that. And sometimes I agree with it. However, we don't see what happens on a training pitch. We don't see these things. You know, the one thing, you know, I, I was talking to someone just the other day and, you know, they made perfect sense. Vilda Boris has come from a different country. She's had time to set, she's got to settle into this country the same way as the manager has. And it hasn't, you can't, you know, she played well against Reading in the first game of the season. And, you know, it takes time to fit into into the club here. And I think with Katie, she knows what she's doing. She's the captain. You play her if you can. And I think a lot of people, Katie has to prove how good she is. 
she doesn't have to prove it to people like me because I've seen her from the first game in the championship to mm -hmm. last Saturday. And she's consistently there. Yes, she loses passes. Yes, she gives the ball away. But name me a player that doesn't do that. You know, Vivian Miramar did that yesterday. I don't yeah. see the Arsenal fans on her back doing the same. You know, Frank Herbie does it. I don't see the Chelsea fans on it, on her back. Steph does mm -hmm. it, or Lucy Bronze does it, or whoever does it. Every player right. give the ball away or play a bad pass, but you don't see them getting the har the, the, the harassment that Katie does. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand it, and I'm, I'm actually so pleased the way she's playing right now. She's proving every a lot of people wrong. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Thank you again, Mark. Uh, no problem. Best of luck to best of luck with everything um, and you. so forth. Uh, we all got busy weeks ahead um, and so forth. So thank you so much. So in closing, everyone, please smash a like on this video. Please subscribe. Everything right now is organic, not the food, but the, the, the way this podcast and video is growing is basically organic. I'm not paying anybody to advertise this show out. Uh, and so forth. So it's all up to you. If you've got friends and other people who are interested in these teams that we cover in the WSL, just interested in the WSL or women's football in general, please share with your friends. Let them let them know, you know, about the podcast and where to find it. Let them know about the videos and where to find it and so forth. So, um, so we're going to let this thing grow organically the best way possible for me uh, and so forth. So smash that like, subscribe, please share with your friends, do the same on the podcast, uh, subscribe and um, give that five-star review as well. So meanwhile, take care of each other out there. Uh, later on this week, we're going to have Rob back talk about the Conti Cup final. We'll have Kate celebrating the Conti Cup final. Uh, and then we'll have Josh at some point talking about Arsenal, you know, kind of having one of those weird helter-skelter performances uh, that were kind of weird and almost drop points against Birmingham again. <laughs> so, uh, and so forth. So that'll be later on the week. So uh, just keep, keep watch. And we'll be out there and remember that contest. So uh, meanwhile, take care of each other and take care of yourselves at the same time. All right.